Good evening and welcome to episode 309 of the Private Property Podcast. I'm your host, Uzama Dumwa Kumalo. If you're joining us for the first time, you're tuned into the only daily property podcast in South Africa. Make sure that you go to our Facebook or our YouTube channel to catch up on all the great episodes that you have already missed out on. And to all our regular viewers, you know how we do it. Every single weekday, you and I have an appointment at 7 p.m. where we're always unpacking a hot property topic that helps us make better property decisions. doesn't matter where in the property spectrum you currently are. You could be living at home and looking at ways to optimize your current home and perhaps even looking at moving out of home whether you want to rent or buy, uh, looking at building. And of course, even if you are a landlord, it certainly is the podcast that can help you make better and certainly more strategic property decisions. And of course, we also have a whole host of other shows across private properties, social media pages. You can tune into the first time home buy show that comes to your screens every single Wednesdays, where Esty Clarkson is always in conversation with people who've not only walked that first time home buying journey, but have gone on to grow their property portfolios from strength to strength. And every Tuesdays and Thursdays, award-winning farmer Mbalimo brings you the farming podcast, which tackles all things agriculture. So if you've got green fingers or looking at you know, widening your, your portfolio and tapping into agriculture, then that is the show that you want to tune into. And every Mondays and Fridays, Chad brings us the Home Shoppers show that takes us through different properties that you can find on www.privateproperty.co.za. And of course, those are the great shows you can look forward to every single weekday at eight. I want to apologize. I see that we're not having the greatest signal on my end, and that's why you're probably just seeing only my face. But this conversation this evening is one that I am not only excited about, but I think it's one of those um, that a lot of us both owners and you know tenants are are grappling with uh, we're going to be looking at options for cash trap owners in the face of rates hikes we've seen that uh, you know at the beginning of this year 
not this year. I mean, in the beginning of the month, we certainly saw you know rates hikes and municipalities uh, releasing the, the 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 increase in various tariffs from your electricity, your refuse removal, water and sanitation, and even uh, you know property rates. And this has been across uh, different municipalities. And I think a lot of homeowners have certainly felt the pinch because some of them are already cash trapped, but tenants are also feeling it because when we look at the cost of electricity, uh, even when, of course, you put in prepaid meters, tenants are realizing that, uh, you know, the amount of electricity that they buy for 600 rands, for example, is not uh, having the same number of units that they previously used to get. So we're all in this one together from, you know, homeowners, landlords and tenants alike and need to find different options to deal with uh, the rising costs of of property, home ownership, and of course, even our utility costs. Uh, To to help us best understand what we're currently facing and perhaps the different options um, that can be available for both homeowners as well as uh, tenants. This evening, I'm joined by Brad Allen, who's a sales director at Only Realty Group. Brad, good evening, and thank you so much for joining us. Hi, good evening. You know, Brad, I think one of the, the, the depressing things about July was definitely the, you know, the tariff hikes. I remember when uh, we're having the conversation in, in June and we saw that the, from the 1st of July, we're going to get a, a, an increase. A lot of homeowners were saying, oh my, especially given how other costs of home ownership have also gone up. And then first, let's just look at what, what rising, the, the effects of the you know, tariff increase on both sort of the homeowner as well as, of course, the tenant. Yeah, so I mean, in our area, we had probably some valuations going up by 30%. And obviously, there were a lot of objections to that. I mean, my own personal property went up at least 25% and I put an objection because I couldn't justify, and I'm in the market, so I know what the industry is doing. I know what my area is doing. Um, and it does put homeowners under, under stress, especially with, it's not the only increased tariff. I mean, you've got basic water, you've got basic electricity. In our area, there's a minimum charge for electricity and water, whether you use it or not, a fixed charge. Um, so it's close on 500 rand just for water, even if a unit sits empty. So all those things put pressure both on the landlord or homeowner as well as tenants um, and we've had a lot of complaints where tenants haven't been in their property for three months. They've moved back to, say, another province during COVID, and they're still getting hit with almost a thousand rand utilities due to basics, and, and they're not even there. So it definitely affects both property owner and tenants. Mm. And, and, you know, when you talk about that minimum charge on whether it's water or electricity, actually making me think of how I wasn't aware that there were, you know, minimum charges. This is prior to me buying, uh, you know, uh, properties. And, and it just so happened that in one of the earlier purchases that I had, I bought into a, a complex where there's also a minimum charge. And, and you can imagine my shock. The first sort of month that I got that levy statement and there's this amount and what do you even mean? Uh, I know that my water consumption doesn't come anywhere near this. 
And only then did they explain that actuality, so it's not even from us uh, in that particular property, and they still have to pay that particular amount. So I think it's, it is one of those things that a lot of us prior to getting or buying a particular property were unaware of, and maybe it, maybe it would have been a factor that we used in assessing whether to buy there or not, perhaps not, but I think it would have definitely helped had we known upfront that this is something that you're going to have to contend with if you buy there. Uh, because 500 rands, for example, water, and I think now it's even gone up to something like 540, uh, you know, for water is it, quite a lot. I mean, if, if I compare it to another unit where a tenant lives full time, the water charge gets billed, there hasn't been a charge that's more than 60 rands per month for water. Right. Yeah, the highest was like 57 rands. So you can almost assume a household of one consumes like seven rands with the water. I think you wanted to add something there, Brad? No, I was just saying it's a bitter pull to swallow when you, you haven't been at home and you still get the same bill. You know, and, and we try to explain to, especially on the tenant side, um, you know, they're renting a six and a half thousand rand property and suddenly they're getting a 500 rand water bill and they're not even there. And, and, and you know, it does include 10,000 litres, whether you use it or not, but still. And it's not just complex. It's the whole municipal area that we in, in uh, whether it's a studio or a five-bedroom house, it's the same charge. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely a shock on anyone living in, whether it's a tenant or, or owner buying in, um, if they're not aware. Mm-hmm. I want to find out from you at home. I think a lot of us are slowly feeling the pinch of the rising costs of home ownership. And even when you're renting, I think when you look at your electrical bill, whether it's your water bill, um, and of course, the just rising costs of doing groceries, what have been some you know, cost-cutting measures that you've been able to implement in your household? And I think for homeowners and, and even landlords in particular, what have you been able to put in place to also ease things for your tenant? Because as I was saying, I think tenants are also feeling the pinch. Um, and some of them, you know, as, as Brad points out, when you're renting a 6.5 bedroom, uh, I mean, a 6.5 thousand rand, 6,500 rands rather, um, apartment, paying 500 rands for, you know, water is quite significant because in your head, you might just look at it as I could have just rented a 7,000 rand, um, you know, apartment, which would be, you know, far better than the 6.5 one. Uh, so as landlords, are there any measures that you've tried to put in place to ease these rising costs um, that your tenant is potentially going to incur? And, and Brad actually wants us to look at some, you know, some suggestions for, for cost-cutting measures or saving measures that we can you know, potentially think about as, as homeowners and even tenants? It's quite difficult when there's a minimum charge, you know, a municipal charge that you, you can't get around. Um, what we've tried to do in big complex, we've got a lot of units, is do things like turn down the uh, hot water setting so that not as much you know electricity that we've got timers on on the geezers to try and save a bit of electricity there you can use um, water saving shower heads on on showers to try and save a bit of water but it, it, it is difficult on on the tenant side on on the landlord side or as a property owner it really depends it's quite unique depending on on the individual but for example if you had a 20-year bond you could speak to the bank and try and extend that term to, to 30 years, which obviously in the long run, you're paying more interest. But from a cash flow point of view, if you're under pressure, it does help ease that cash flow in the short term. And then once you're in a stronger position, you can easily catch up, put in some lump sums 
Um, that's one option. Potentially, you could speak to the bank and try to negotiate a better interest rate. I mean, it'll be difficult now. It's not like 10 years ago where you could be more aggressive and get prime minus two. But if you got a prime plus two interest rate when you took the bond and your credit's better, maybe you'd get a, a prime and you'd save 2%. So, I mean, that would be quite a significant saving um, on a home loan. Um, but like I said, it's, it's quite difficult um, to find any other things apart from utilities, um, you know, on the on the landlord side, you, you'd probably find the landlords aren't increasing rates annually with escalation of 10%. I found that, you know, you want a good tenant that pays and will keep the rent the same during these times. So it, it does ease a bit of the pressure. Um, you know, we always say to landlords, rather keep a good tenant or then try to fight for another two, 300 rand because um, it sits one month empty and you've lost that, that gain anyway. So... Yeah, um, on my personal property, I've put in a solar system, which, you know, it's a capital upfront, but over the long term will save me um, all, all the, the increases on electricity. I don't get affected by load shedding and things like that. But, you know, the saving will be there in, in six years' time. And I do find it monthly. It definitely helps. Yeah. We are taking this evening your questions and comments as we explore options for cash-strapped owners in the face of the rates hike. I'm in conversation with Brian Allen, who's sales director at Only Realty Group. I see some of the love that we're getting on our Facebook page uh, from Glad Sharinda saying, Happy Friday, fam, Hoso Humelo, as well as Yonela Zanga. I see you tune in. I see those greenhouses that you're sending down here below. Umen Zibutelezi saying levies with a crying emoji. And I think levies is one of those pressure points that so many homeowners are feeling. And on the issue of uh, you know, levies, Menzi asks, what can, what can cause levy hikes? I understand electricity, water and rates, but 2,300 for levies, please can you explain? I love this topic. I, I love the topic of, of levies because it's one of those heavily contentious ones. Um, and there are obviously different ways to, to always think through it. Uh, but Brad, what causes the levies to to keep increasing. So, I mean, you need to understand that levies are not just there for the body corporate to charge them. They cover things like security, your, your estate, if you live in a state, the facility. So uh, if there's a pool, a clubhouse, more importantly, it covers the insurance for the external of the building and cover, it covers the maintenance of the external. So, you know, if, if there's a property, for example, or a complex closer to the sea, there's going to be a lot more maintenance because the salt air eats everything. So you'll find the levies closer to the sea will be much higher than a complex that's further away from the sea. Um, the only way to take control of that is to sit and be part of those body corporate meetings and actually have a say. Um, otherwise, you know, being be included in that conversation when it comes to budget. But a lot of the time it's it's around maintenance. If maintenance is not upkept, then there's going to be a big bull in a couple of years' time because there's obviously going to be a lot more maintenance. And it's things like that that and insurance, like I mentioned, that and security are the are the biggest makeup of a levy. Um, often they'll include water into that levy. Um, we try and keep it separate so that it's obviously clear and we can bill it to tenants. But I do see some complexes included as a flat fee um, in, in their levy, levy account. Yeah. things because you've just even mentioned that you want to rather get involved and become a you know a trustee 
is a lot of homeowners tend to not want to do that. So they, they tend to be like, ah, I don't have the time, except so many decisions get made by you know the trustees and unfortunately they affect them. I mean, I've heard so many people complain about it and say, look, we just keep getting increases and in, increases in levies and we're not understanding why. There's quite a number of us as owners who are feeling disgruntled. And yet when I ask them, well, why don't you stand for you know being a trustee and actually get an intimate understanding of what's happening. Um, if you think they're misusing the money, see where the money's actually going. And if the increases are justified, because you'll sometimes find that the increases are in fact justified. I mean, when we even look at the, the rising costs of services getting provided and some of the uh, you know goods that will be needed or some of the material that's needed to service your complex, you find that it's increasing. So it, it, it's such a big thing to be an active member of the body corporate when you're living in a sectional title community or an HOA, because at the very least if if you can't get the costs you know in in shape you are able to get a, a good sense of why those costs um keep arising so much now right i think one of the things i certainly want us to then look at is some of the rebate options that are on offer because obviously in the various municipalities that we live in even given the the rate tax that we've had there are rebates for people who fall within you know different categories could you just take us through some of the rebate options that homeowners uh, have access to uh, when you say rebate are you talking about first-time homeowners uh, when they're getting over 100 percent financing to cover fees that type of thing is that what you is that what you're asking Sorry, I've lost you there. No, so I'm talking about some of the being able to, you know, get um, um, and even, you know, pensioners, the cost of their uh, property, how they're able to get um, rate relief. Sorry, your internet coming through a bit slow there. Um, so, yeah. Oh, I do apologize for that. I didn't realize that uh, I was like, apologies for that, Brad. I was saying that uh, when I talk about the rebates, the, the different options that homeowners and some, for example, pensioners who are still homeowners and are, are able to qualify for certain rebates from uh, the different municipalities that they may be living in. Yeah, I mean, obviously it depends on each area and each municipality is different. And, uh, you know, the there will be rebates uh, to certain demographic or certain age group, um, discounts that they need to take available. You know, guys that are under pressure, um, you know, you can speak to the municipalities and get payment plans. Um, I know that uh, Etequeni municipality had a, a, a program or an offering where they said, listen, if you have a lot of debt, come to us, we'll write off the interest, we'll write off the penalties, but then you have to pay 50% of that outstanding debt. You know, so there's always a program in each area depending on, on, on so you just got to sort of be aware and investigate. There's, there's always a solution to try to take pressure off. Um, even with the banks, you know, if you get into financial difficulty, you can approach the banks and it's, it's better to approach them earlier rather than later because the sooner you start that conversation, the more willing they, they are to work with you. And, and the banks have programs. They don't want to repossess properties. I mean, I was involved in the repossessed, distressed and, and, and SIE type properties for a long time. And, you know, the, the last thing the bank wants to do is actually repossess, which means they actually have to buy it back and then they have to secure it and then they have to pay the levies and the rates and all the other things. So 
you know, they don't want to do that. So rather work with the municipality or the banks um, and, and take advantage of, of whatever they're willing to offer, which changes all the time, unfortunately. You know, it can be different this week and each bank slightly different to the next as well. Mm. Um, and, you know, talking about getting involved with the with the body corporate or if you're in an HOA, we've got a, a follow-up question from Menzi. Menzi, I can already see you. There are certain episodes you've absolutely missed out on. So before I even ask this question, I'm going to say you need to uh, watch a few of the episodes that we've done on, you know, body corporates and how you can uh, get involved in them. And the question that Menzi has for us is how does one get involved in the body corporate and have a say? Yeah, so I mean, obviously the body corporates have an AGM each year and they vote on a new board and a chairman. You need to attend and, and, and nominate either yourself or get someone to nominate you and get voted on. And then, I mean, it's as simple as that. People vote you on um, and you become a board member or a chairman and you take control. And I think people will be quite surprised at the costs when it comes to budgeting for security and maintenance and, you know, pool, garden, all these other things that we don't necessarily think about. And you realize how expensive things are. Um, or it's, no, listen, there's a 50 million rand surplus budget. Why do we need that? Let's rather keep levies the same or, you know, use it for something else. So I think by being involved, it will sort of, give a much clearer picture on, on what the real situation is. Mm. And, and, and I think one of the big things, and I even experienced it, Brad, was that when I, the first time I became a, a trustee, it was shortly after, you know, I bought. And, and I think for me, it was wanting to get an understanding of what happens behind, behind the scenes and what informs you know, decisions that are made that effectively affect my investment. And, and I think for me, it was also about wanting to play a very active role in my investment because those were investment properties and, and I didn't want to just leave it in the hands of other people when it comes to uh, that property. It really did shock me how expensive it, it can be to run, uh, we'll say, you know, a community or an estate or a complex and the various sort of line items that end up being paid on a month-to-month um, basis and just how expensive it is. I think that really gave me quite a, quite a shock. Uh, we tend to not understand why certain prices are high. And I think never mind ridiculously high, like 6,000 rand you know, levies, but even in relatively basic uh, you know, complexes, there's still quite a huge cost. Um, in, in maintaining that particular complex and making sure that all service providers are paid in time. I, I see some of the love we're getting on Facebook, Tamsin Sokanile. I also see Bukle Maduna. We've got a, a great question here coming through from Utalekhani Maluleke saying, um, how should one start negotiating for low interest rates after buying, uh, I heard Brad say it's possible to ask for the Brad, for the bank to drop the rates. I love this question because I think a lot of us typically don't know that we're able to renegotiate the interest rates. Uh, I know there's one bank that doesn't uh, do it at all. So even if you approach them, they don't do it and it's standard practice for them. Uh, but with others, you are able to, to do so. How do we go about negotiating our, our interest rates? Uh, 
So there's a couple of ways. And, and again, because I'm in it, I'm in property every day, you know, you sort of get more sort of accustomed to what you can and can't do. And I've done it myself where, you know, I took out a home loan when I was young and there is definitely, I think, I don't think you can renegotiate if it's the first two years of the loan. I stand to be corrected and it does depend on the bank. But you just approach them and say, I've been paying on time. I've got a good credit. You've given me a bad interest rate. I want a better interest rate. And, and, and they can say yes or no. And, and to be honest, if they say no, then you say, well, okay, I, I've got the option of switching my home loan to another bank. And then quite quickly, they might change their tune. So you, you've got to be quite aggressive. I mean, it's your investment and one or 2% or even half percent is going to make a huge difference over a 20 or 30 year term. So, you know, the, the, it's definitely a, um, an option. And if that bank that you mentioned isn't willing to negotiate, you, you can switch your home loan to another another bank. Just make sure it's not in the first two years of that loan because you might be penalized. Mm-hmm. I suspect that that particular bank uh, probably thrives on either first people just not knowing and in the event where they get approached, you, you factor in, you know, bond cancellation uh, figures and then having to have it register the other side and even the admin of it. I mean, I, I hate admin, so more often than not, any any bond related admin tends to be quite a lot. I mean, a lot of paperwork, a lot of filling, and I hate that stuff. Uh, and so that that would put me off. I think that part is probably more likely to put me off more than uh, you know paying for the switch. Because when you run your numbers, you realize that even when you pay for you know those bond cancellation and the registration, the side you might still be saving in the in the long run um, when you're able to get that reduction, especially if you're quoted quite a high interest rate um, when you've got your property. And as Brad mentions, I think a lot of us, when we buy our properties young, maybe your, your, your interest rate, your credit score was not as high, uh, you know, and you, or you hadn't built it up long enough, but now you're older, you're more mature, you've been paying everybody on time, and you're also just able to negotiate more. Uh, it's always great to kind of look back at what, what, what kind of credit obligations do you currently have, and can you renegotiate uh, your interest rates across all of them, even with your credit card. I mean, I did this with my credit card because I was like, actually, First time I got this was what nearly ten years ago. I was so young. Surely by now I, I should be getting a better rate. Uh, there's no reason why I should be paying um, such a, a high interest rates. Um, we've got a, a very cheeky uh, comment here from saying which bank doesn't allow us to negotiate uh, once we are with them. We want to avoid them. And then she says, my current one just mine again last month. I love that for you, Ngateko. I think share your tips on how you had yours renegotiated again. It's the again part that I actually love. So it wasn't the first time um, that she has done that. Now, Brad, I want us to close off with looking at people who are property investors and parties in their portfolio and obviously have self-managing or somebody else is managing it for them. I know that there are property investors who say, at the end of the day, I still want my money. This is the X amount of money that I want. And the tenant must deal with all the other costs that they're meant to deal with and aren't necessarily willing to meet a tenant halfway. We're not speaking about those. We're now speaking about the ones that 
absolutely want to meet a tenant halfway because they realize the, the service that they're providing to their tenant and that their tenant is a, is a customer. And as you rightfully pointed out earlier, that you want to keep a good tenant. You'd rather maybe take a knock for you know one year uh, or a few months in order for you to retain a good tenant as opposed to fighting for you know that 200 or 300 brands. Any final tips for for you know, property investors who really want to do good by their tenants in the wake of um, us facing so many uh, rising prices really in different aspects of our home ownership journey. Yeah, I mean, and again, we deal with this every single day on the rental side of the business. And, you know, it's easy and, and I've got a pot- portfolio of properties and it's, it's easy to get caught up in all. Well, it's my property, it's my investment and I want my money and I don't care that's what I want. You know, but at the end of the day, you learn that if a property, like I mentioned earlier, sits empty for one or two months, you've lost any gain anyway. So, you know, squabbling over 100 Rand could, you know, the CPA, a tenant can cancel giving 20 days notice easily. And, and it, you know, it happens, especially now if, if someone's not happy. And, and a, an unhappy tenant is a, is a non-paying tenant, which we find. So, you know, you want to try to keep that relationship happy and a happy tenant. Obviously, it's got to be a happy landlord as well because it works both ways. And it's quite difficult to get that relationship where it's a win-win for both. But if I can give any advice is rather try and keep a, a happy tenant, which will be a paying tenant um, for many as many years as you can. Because if you're using an agent to, to replace, obviously, their fees and things like that. And if you, if you have a tenant that cancels, you've, you've got lost rental. Um, and and then yeah, you know, you, you're obviously not getting that return on your investment. So yeah, just it's a bit of give and take. But again, it, it does go both ways. You, you find tenants also you give the hand, they take your whole body, never mind the arm, and and you get stubborn landlords. So both sides can be stubborn because we're dealing with humans, and we get caught up in the middle. But yeah, it's uh, you just got to read each each situation differently. Yeah. And, you know, Brad, when you, when you say we, we have it both ways, I was saying to you off air that uh, one of the, the face, what, WhatsApp groups that I'm in is, you know, for, for landlords. And I think different landlords typically just sharing different tips, insights and, and what have you. And some of them say, you know, when they started off in their property investment journey and being a landlord, they were, we'll call it slightly softer, more understanding and, you know, gave relative leeway for certain things uh, when their tenants ask many unfortunately have taken advantage of that where as a landlord you thought look i i want to be able to meet this person halfway they're obviously going through uh, you know a difficult time and i'll do my bit to sort of help out and as you've rightfully pointed out, unfortunately, because we're also dealing with humans, uh, some people do tend to take advantage. And that's why the big thing as a landlord is in the event where you're going, even as a tenant, this tip is actually for both parties that have things in writing. So even when uh, you are going to say, okay, rent can be delayed by you know, a week or whatever the arrangement that you end up verbally getting into, 
have it in writing, have the person sign and make sure that you keep that paper trail. It's not enough to just agree via the telephone and, and, and be like, oh, I was a good person. You really do want to make sure that you're running it like a business and you're as professional as possible. Uh, last one before I let go of Brad, coming back, sharing how she did it, how she got her bank to lower her interest rates again. Uh, she says, I just called and asked that they review it. They sent forms that I completed and then they lowered by, um, I think she means by 0.5%. I'll ask them every year, second year or whenever possible. And that's such a huge saving. I mean, when you when you actually just input that in any uh, home loan calculator or model, if you've you know, built your own model, you realize how much interest you're able to save when you get that kind of reduction. And any reduction really uh, certainly saves you quite a lot of money over the long term. Brad, it's been such a pleasure having you on the show this evening. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much. Cheers. And that is and that is Brad Allen, who is the sales director at Only Realty Group, wrapping up the Friday edition of the Private Property Podcast with myself, Uzaman Dungwa Kumalo. We'll be back on your screens on Monday evening at 7 p.m. It is the weekend. I do hope that all of you at home are going to be staying home, staying warm, and certainly staying safe. Welcome to Home Shopper Show and what a special month this month is going to be. We've just come back from touring the mother city and showing you some of the most opulent homes that Cape Town has to offer. Now we started off in Constantia, there by the hotels, by the wine farms, touring a beautiful home that crested and overlooked all of the mountain ranges in Cape Town. From there we shot across down to Bloberg and showed you what a seaside home looks like. We also went to Valdeville, to the place where everybody likes to relax, enjoy the view, enjoy retirement. We showed you a home that I say its architecture only quite is beaten by the decor of that home. We also went and toured the university town of Stellenbosch, which was incredible, the Zelza estate. And then we came all the way back to the famous Camps Bay, to show you what being a millionaire and living in Camps Bay in Cape Town 
feels and looks like. Guys, there's so much to show you. There was so much that we did and so much that we spoke about. So make sure you tune in every Monday and every Friday at 8 p.m. on Facebook, Private Property, The Home Shopper Show. See you there.